Okay, Shalom, Ubracha, everybody. Boch Hashem, we're back. Continuing with Luke Timoran, this is 24, paragraph number six. However, because we are again in this very special time of the year, within 40 days before Purim, and this period means a lot. This period will determine up until Shavuot. And then Shavuot until until uh, until Rosh Hashanah is another another period. And all begins from this time. That's what Rabbeinu said. All beginnings are from Purim. And the beginning of Purim is the Hachana for Purim, which is 40 days. So in Brestam, they make a big, big deal of this time. Of davening to have an amazing Purim experience. Because like Rav Nosin says, many places in the Kutan the Simcha of Purim will have a, a repercussion, a ripple effect on the entire year, the rest of the year, into Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, into Rosh Hashanah even. They say para. Rabbeinu says, we pull nasa para. From Parashat Purim, from Par Purim, we read afterwards Parashat Para. Right after Purim, we have Parashat Para from the Arba Parashiyot. So in the rest of they say that para is Purim, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Hey, Reish, hey. Purim, Rosh Hashanah, that Rosh Hashanah itself is dependent on your Purim the year before. Okay? So this is the idea of why it's so important to have the proper Achunis <laughs> for Rosh Hashanah. One second, guys. So, uh, so we're in the middle of this recording, right? So, uh, lesson 24, to our yeah. So because of that, in, in rest of teachings, they make a big deal of this time before Purim on, on determining how your Simchan Purim will be. That's there, that's basically the secret. According to how much you dove in now to be Zochet, to do the mitzvot of Purim so much so that you be Simcha, that will determine the quality of your Purim. And the quality of your Purim will determine Pesach. We're in the middle of something. We're going to explain it again, Bezat Hashem. Pesach, uh, Shavuot, Kabbalat Torah, and then eventually Rosh Hashanah. We were saying before, you guys walked in, that uh, in Brest of teachings, there, there's a big, big deal made on uh, on these 40 days before Purim. Rav Nosen said, there's a saying from Rav Nosen, it's not sure exactly what he said. Some say 40 days, some say 30 days. It makes more sense that he said 40 days. 40 days before Purim. We start crying out to Hashem, Hatzileni Miklipat Haman Amalek. Brestem, they dance a lot now. I don't know if you've, you've seen a Brestem minion, but there's a lot of dancing. Hatzileni, 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 Hatzileni Miklipat Haman Amalek. Okay? They sing that now, every day now. Every day after Shachris, after Marv, they, they sing, they do Nariku, they sing that. And it's not just to sing it, you, have to, you scream it. And, and because it's so important this time, because that Haman Amalek is attacking big time before Purim. Rulosin explains, who is Haman Amalek? Haman Amalek, is what's called Zuhamatanachash, the filth of the snake. And what the Zuhamatanachash is the Pagam of Etzadat Tovara, which he, uh, he infused uh, the snake, uh, made Adam and Chava eat from the Etzadat Tovara, and what's the result of eating from the tree of, of Etzadah Tovara? Atzvut, sadness, bitzavon, tochelena. So Rosen says, 
the main makkah, the main attack of Haman Amalek is to throw people into Atzvah. So that person explains amazingly. He says, you, 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 we don't see it so much because Hashem were more or less in a firm circle. But in the world out, out there, in the, the world of philosophy and the secular Jewish day schools and everything, what's very common, and it was already common already in Rabbi Nachman's time, is you have these philosophers who try to explain the Torah, the mitzvah of the Torah, to explain it rationally. That it makes sense, and it's their eretz that the Torah says to do like this, and to eat kosher, and to keep one day of, of week as a rest day, and to give charity, and love your neighbors yourself. These kofrim, they try to explain the Torah in a rational way. So if Nussan says, these people cause more than anybody else, atzvut. Because when you take olam hazeh and try to use olam hazeh to explain the Torah, which is olam haba, from olam haba, <laughs> you won't get that far. You're taking olam hazeh, which in itself is atzvut. This world in itself, de detached from Hashem, is atzvut. There's no, there's no simcha in this world. The true simcha is that in this world, I can keep Shabbos. Ah, I can put on tefillin. Ah, I can. I feel good about, I feel true simcha in my connection to Hashem. That's true, that's true simcha. When a father Zaid has Yiddish and Achas, when he has Nachas, he has Yiddish and Achas. What's his Yiddish and Achas? That he has any clear grandchildren who have payas, who are learning Torah, who are saying brachas, amen. That's the Nachas. So that he has Nachat, that he has a grandson, and that's it. There's no true simcha in that. The true simcha is that this, my happiness is connected with Hashem. That's true Nachas. That's true simcha, okay? So this world in itself, Rav Nelson says, there's no simcha. So when these kofrim, these philosophers, they think the whole simcha is in this world. So they keep on running after this world, but they never reach it. It's like they're running in a circle, running in a circle, and they never get to it. So they take this world and then use it to explain the Torah. That's the worst. And people fall off Yiddishkeit because of that. When you have people 100 years ago, the maskilim and everything, what was the cause of the reform and the conservative Yiddin falling off? Is that the teachers, ones who started, they try to use the, the world meaning, what the world considers as derech eretz, as proper, as, as respectable, and using that as my control for the Torah observance, that destroys everything. Rav Nelson says in Haman Amalek. That's Mamash Haman Amalek. Okay? And there, there's no simcha at all. So he says Rav Nelson, something unbelievable. Haman Amalek, which is not just in the sign of Purim, it's every year. What is the sign that you are being attacked by Haman Amalek? Atzvut. That you're not doing the midst of the simcha. His main concern, Rav Nosen says something unbelievable. Haman and the Klippa, the Yitzhara, what are they concerned more about? They're more concerned about you doing mitzvah the simcha than doing the mitzvah. They'll let you do the mitzvah. You want to keep Shabbat often minumas. You have these people, these are like, you know, secular Israelis, whatever, you know. That they they'll let you keep Shabbat, yeah. We will let you keep Shabbat. We keep, but dead, no happiness. That's a condition. We'll let you do the mitzvot, but like some very serious people. That no simcha. Okay, that, that that's Haman Amalek. When you're not doing the mitzvot the simcha, you should know big time you are being pursued by Haman Amalek. You're trapped. You're trapped. So that's the sign that you need to that you need to scream to get out of Haman Amalek. If you're not the simcha doing the mitzvot, you're trapped. That's it. You're under Amana Madek. So the, the, the miracle of Purim 
is the whole inyanim of Purim is to get out of that. The whole mitzvot of Kreta Megillah twice. Mishloach Manot, Matanot Levyonim. Okay? And then uh, the, the, the Seuda and the Shichrut. All that is to tap into the Simcha, which wipes out. It's the opposite of, of Haman Amalek. Just to explain better. The Arizal writes like this in Priyats Chaim. Priyats Chaim, the Arizal writes, Haman is Gematria 95, right? Noon, that's 50. Mem 40, that's 90. Hey, 95. Ima that's 96. 96 is Gematria Tzav. Tzadik Vav. What's Tzav? The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, because Nafkaf Aleph, that when it talks about what a Ben Noach has to keep, people don't know this, but one of the mitzvot of Ben Noach is what? Not to do Avodah Zarah. So the Goyim are really in trouble, you know? The Goyim should be technically Bnei Noach. <laughs> Bnei Noach, there's no Avodah Zarah, and the majority of the Goyim in the world, they're doing Avodah Zarah. One of the mitzvot of Bnei Noach is, is Avodah Zarah, and they learn out from a pasuk that says the word Tzav. There's, there's, there's two Rabbanim, they, they, they learn out from two psukim. So the, the, the Rav there, I think it's Ravina, or Ravashi, I forgot exactly. He explains, Saru Maher Minaderech, and what is this derech? Asher, in which is Tziviticha, Tzav, Avodah Zarah. That was the pshat is that I commanded you, but he's reading it as Tziviticha. This is the Saru Maher Minaderech. The Avodah Zarah is called Tzav. That's how one Rav learns it. Another one learns it from another pasuk regarding Ephraim. I think it's in uh, in Yechezkel or Hosea, one of the prophets that's saying about Ephraim, which is not Israel. They fall after the, they fall off the Torah. They went after Tzav. And then the meaning is Avodah Zarah, idolatry. So Tzav is Avodah Zarah. Haman, the Arizal says, is the Klippa of Avodah Zarah. And what is Avodah Zarah? Avodah Zarah is the exact opposite of doing mitzvot. Avodah Zarah is an, an Avodah service which is foreign. So then what's the opposite of Avodah Zarah? Avodah Tashem. Avodah Tashem is fulfillment of mitzvot. And the fulfillment of mitzvot requires simcha. Tachat Hashem, lovatem et Hashem, elokechem b'simcha, okay? So the antithesis of, of, of the mitzvot is Avodah Zarah, which is Haman. And his way to get people trapped in Avodah Zarah is by not being the simcha and doing the mitzvot. So it's scary to say this, but the fact is, when a yid is not serving Hashem b'simcha, it's already b'sartem, b'vatem et Hashem, elokechem acherem. It's already the Baal Shem says, when you're not serving Hashem b'simcha, it's already a Buddha It's scary to say this and say, well, so what do you want from me? <laughs> so, I, so I shouldn't put on my tefillin in there. If that's the case, no, you do, do mitzvot, but your goal is to get to the simcha to the mitzvot. That's the goal. My goal is to get to the simcha. To think, I'm happy like this. I'm happy waking up at 11 in the morning and davening a quick davening and gulping my coffee. And, you know, I don't really, my, my, my Shabbos is also very surface, uh, face value, surface level. I'm happy with that. I'm okay. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm okay with that. Chaval. That's not the goal. The goal is to feel the Yiddishkeit and to feel the Simcha. And, and this is what, where he said, this was the jealousy of Haman against Mordechai and the Yidin when they were, they were in the Galut of Babel, 70 years. And they were still doing Mesirat Nefesh to serve Hashem with Simcha. The proof is that even though they were in Galut, they were holding on. The Yidin could have dropped off totally. Many Yidin in the time of Ezra, they married Shikses already, they married Goyot already by Ezra's time. But those Yidin who held on, they were to hold on required Mesirat Nefesh, which means also simple. For example, Brit Milah. Brit Milah says, Am Yisrael, 
always kept this mitzvah with Mesir Nefesh and Simcha. So it's, it's an example that the Yidin requires Mesir Nefesh to do a Brit Milah. And yet the Yidin did it, and it's an expression of Simcha. So going back, Haman Amalek, his main attack more than anything else is to attack your Simcha during the mitzvah. When you know this, then you know that you have to push everything aside to finish us, to finish posting, to be a, a Baki, to be a Lamdan, to be a Gadolador, to be Medaktik and Mitzvot. What has to be the cherry on top? Simcha. If you don't have the Simcha in doing the Mitzvot, then you've lost everything, Hasishon. There's, there's no goal. That, that, there, there's, there's nothing. It's, you have to work to get to the Simcha, he says. So this is why Purim is so important. It's the key, he says, Rabbi Nachman. He said that originally all beginnings were from Purim, from Pesach, because everything is Zecher, but now, and he didn't complete the sentence, Rav Nosen, he said, I understood clearly from the Rebbe's Tnua, the way he was moving his hands and his expression when he said that, that all beginnings now are from Purim. Okay? So what does that mean? Originally, all beginnings were from Pesach. What's Pesach? Pesach is like it is still today. When you go to Hasidic Shehems, well, it's Pesach, crazy. If everything has to be super machmir, it's super kosher to Pesach, above the halacha, way above the halacha. To buy milk from the, from the farmer, to, you know, they have people who are machmir, they get the milk from the cow. They go on Pesach, they, they have to milk the cow themselves, right? And they have to have chumrah al gabi chumrah al gabi chumrah al gabi chumrah. How it was for Yidin, Rabbeinu says, originally all beginnings were from Pesach, meaning what? Before this period now, before Mashiach comes, Yidin were good starting from Kedusha, Betara, and working on Pesach. Because they were firm, they were strong. But now, they were so broken now. Even Mashiach comes from this last stretch from the Baal Shem Tov and the Hasidus that started until Mashiach comes. And the Sitrach is attacking more than anything else to make people depressed. That's the main attack now. So Rabbi Nachman said, now, no more, no more Pesach. Sorry, we need something before Pesach. You want to have Chumrot, and have here at Shemayim and Kedusha, Korban Pesach. We, we, you have that feeling, right? When you come to Pesach, everybody puts on the Hasidish music. Everybody's cleaning the house inside out, and everyone's going nuts, and you're doing, you're going way above halacha, we said, but you enjoy it, right? There's like a feeling when you come to the center, everything has to be mahadrin, 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 mahadrin. Everything has to be super duper perfect. I have to have my matzah shmir, it has to be super shmir, everything. And you feel good about it, but that's not the beginning. The beginning is from Purim. What Purim, he says, is the Simcha. Now the attack is on Atzvut. It's not like 500, 600 years ago where the Yidin were strong, like I said earlier. And they and, and they had the Yitzibu. You couldn't budge them. They were strong in Emuna. Today, we're, we're falling off totally. The Yidin who are just doing the Mitzvah and they're dead. There's no Chayut. There's no connection to what they're doing at all. You buy tefillin, yeah, and you put in, you have expensive tefillin, beautiful tefillin, and how, how are you? <laughs> you feel like a behemoth putting on tefillin. They, your parents worked so hard to get you super duper kosher tefillin, the best cipher, and this and this, and now look at me. I'm putting on these tefillin, I'm putting a be, putting on kedusha on a behemoth. Instead of me putting a behemoth on me, you know, the tefillin comes from behemoth. It's the, it's the, the ore, the leather, and everything. Instead of putting pieces of a behemoth on me, and I'm elevating it, you know, it's... it's <laughs> It's like it's opposite now. I'm so low. I'm so, so super duper low. It's like putting a Kedusha onto a Behemoth. That's how I feel. So because of that, again, he says the beginnings now are from porn. So in the rest of they say, be smart. Invest in the right place. Invest in porn. 
And the investment in Purim starts now. This these 40 days before Purim, be smart already to ask Hashem to have Purim open up. He says that the Arizal writes, there's a light which is revealed on Purim. It's not revealed even on Pesach, even on, on, on Lel Kippur, on Kol Nidrein. It's not never revealed any other time. It's called the light of Mordechai. The light of Mordechai is this big, big light. It comes once a year on Purim. Okay? It's higher than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Like Purim. Okay? All right? In Yom Kippur, you think, you know, Shabbos, Rabbah, the Ravin, it's higher than anything. It's light of Purim. How do you connect to it? Your Achanana. The Achana of your Kisufin and your Davening to tap into it is the preparation. What's the goal? If you have what's called the Or of Mordechai, it's Simcha. Mordechai is called Mare Dachya. Mare Dachya, what's the Gemara says? Mordechai. Mordechai comes from, is the Targum of Mordero, coming up in Parashat Itisa, from the Besamim for the, for the Shemena Mishcha and the Pitu Maktoret. There's what's called Mor Deror, Rashi Besamim. Rashi Besamim, the head of the Besamim was called Mor Deror. And Targum Onkulus translates Mor Deror as Mar Dachyan. Gemara gets in Chulim, Kuf something, Kuf Kaf something. Gemara says, Where do you see Mordechai from the Torah? Where do you see Haman from the Torah? Where do you see Mordechai from the Torah? Where do you see Esther from the Torah? Where do you see Moshe from the Torah? So by Mordechai, it says this Pasuk in Targum that Mor Deror is Mar Dachyan. What's the Indian? Deror means free. It was more the word mean, it was unadulterated, it was pure. When you want to say something is pure, you say it's drog, it's free. In other words, it's pure, 100%, no additives. So it's like the purest of the pure. This more was super duper pure. So we also say, who's free? Someone who's, who has cherut. Rabbi Nachman says in the Gutemo in part two, lesson, uh, lesson 10 or lesson 12, that simcha is olam acherut. When a person is besimcha, your mind is free. And when a person is sad, you feel trapped. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. The digest, the worries, make you what's called trapped. You feel like you're in jail. When you're besimcha, you can think clearly. That's why it's so important to be besimcha, because sometimes when, you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're in a, in a challenge, in a difficult situation, and you just worry about it, you can't think clearly. So we can't expect you to see the situation which is right in front of you. What's needed is to be besimcha, and the simcha causes what's called cherut, freedom. So going back, Mordechai, it's called Mordechor. Dehor is simcha, is cherut. And it's Mor, which is called Rashi Besamim. It's the head of the Besamim of both the anointing oil, the Shemen HaMishra, and the Ktoret also. The Ktoret, Rabbi Nachman teaches this lesson, Ktoret Yisamachlev. It's a pasuk from Mishlei. Ktoret brings simcha. The whole segula of, of Ktoret is it brings wealth, Ashirut. And why does it bring Ashirut? Because it brings simcha. And who's in the Ktoret? Mordechai. Mordechai is hinted in the Ktoret. Mordechai. And also Cherut, which is simcha. So the light of Mordechai, going back, what we're looking to achieve on, on Purim is to tap into this, to the light of Mordechai. How do you know you tapped into it? If you experience unbelievable simcha on Purim, Okay, then you know you tapped into it. What becomes Yetzara? What Yetzara becomes, okay, I'm getting ready, getting ready. And then comes Purim. Meyer, you'll call me after Purim. Nothing happened. Nothing happened on Purim. Just I got stoned and I threw up and I just went to sleep. And I wasn't the same kind. I had stomach pain the rest of the Purim. 
What happened? All the hachunis adds up. Okay, if it's not this year, it's next year. If it's not next year, it adds up. That's, that's not an excuse. That's reality. You're not ready yet. You don't have to kill him for the or Mordechai. I don't have to kill him, but I'm dying. I'm plotting here. What do you, I need Simcha right now. You need Kaylee, man. You need Kaylee. More davening, more davening until that form comes. That's the, you have the light of Mordechai and you have to tap into that Simcha. It's now, it changes your life. It's a Simcha for the rest of the year. And that's the key for Pesach. That's the key for Shavuot, for Shoshana, for the whole year. If a Jew has the Simcha of Purim, that's it. This is this why it's so important. It's a big deal. Uh, and the Simcha is the, determining how much you're preparing now. So uh, we, we gave it out last year. We don't have it here right now. You can write it down. Nussin wrote a special prayer to be said now, before Purim, not on Purim. It's one of the most important prayers that Nussin wrote. It's the only one that he told his son, make sure you say this prayer. We have another prayer that he said, and it's very moving. It's a very moving prayer. It's, Lamed Zayin Chalak Bet of Likutei Tfilis, if you can remember that, I'll remind you afterwards. Likutei Tfilot, the 50th gate, part two, prayer 37. Okay, with all that said, whew, we're now we're going to start the shir. That was this, that was this Achtune. So we're in Sif Mav. Okay, let's see how much we can do, Bezat Hashem. 20 minutes? 20 minutes we have, yeah? Good. Okay, so Sif Mav, I'm going to recap quickly what we did last week. We started last week already. We're now already in the second part of Sivav, whatever, the second line. He says like this, and I'll explain what has to be explained. He said earlier that a Jew should strive for the bracha of intellect. When Hashem opens the doors for bracha, don't be stupid, be smart, aim high. What does it mean to aim high? Aim for chokhmah, for intellect. And that's the main bracha. That's the source of all the bracha. What, what does it help that you have a three, three, three garage door, fancy schmancy, big mansion, and a Lamborghini and Ferrari and everything. If you don't have intellect, you have no sechel to connect to Hashem. If now you have the sechel, and in this comes the Ferrari and Lamborghini, okay, I understand. I'll shut up. No problem. But the Yidin who aim directly, no, parnasa, parnasa, parnasa. Hey, man, aim high. Bracha, the main bracha is the awareness of Hashem. So he said that earlier. And see if, hey, he said that, 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 that that's what a Jew should aim for. And now he says, but it's not enough. You have to add something to the Sechel. When Hashem opens the doors for you, it opens your mind, there has to be something put into it. You have to draw emuna into Birkat HaSechel. Before I forget, I can't believe I forgot. This class is, is I can't believe I forgot. I hope he forgives me. Oh boy, this class is uh, sponsored in memory of someone's yard set today. Raphael Machluf Ben Rivkai passed away today on the 9th of Shvat. And then we're of Rabbi Nachman Ben Fege. We're, we're technically starting this year now. Very special man. All right, fine. Sorry about that. Okay. So now here he says like this. A Jew has to put an emuna into the sechel. I can't really review last week's class totally because that took an hour. But just in short, that a yid who goes with emuna in life is something very strong. And more than this, that even when you're learning Torah, 
you put the Torah and Emunah. We said that you have the letter He. The letter He is made up of two small letters. You have the Dalits and the Yud. The Dalit in the Kabbalah corresponds to what's called Malchut. Malchut is like Emunah. Why Dalit? The Gemara says, Delet la migrama klum. It has nothing. Delet, Dalit, it's like the Aramaic, the, the Dargum of Delet la migrama klum. It has nothing of its own. That's Dalit. And Yud, like Rashi points out, Yud is Chokhmah. Yud is the idea of Chokhmah. Because every piece of wisdom is a piece. So the, a piece, a minimum piece is considered a pintle, a dot. The Yud is like a dot. So you have a dot, the letter Yud, which is a piece of information, a piece of Chokhmah. Now the letter He is what? You put the Chokhmah, the Yud, in the Dalit, in the Emunah. In the Emunah, which has nothing. Emunah means that I can't understand the idea, but I believe in it. And more than this now, when I live, I put my functionality, my, what I do, in Emunah, not in Sechel. You have people who do things out of Sechel, you have thing, people who do things out of Emunah. I just heard a funny joke uh, this week. I have to, I have to share the joke because it's connected, okay? They asked a Litvak, a Chabatsker, and a Breslover, uh, can you prove that Hashem exists? So the Litvak says, for sure. It's the one place the Rambam says something about this, and the Ravid is not Choylek. In <laughs> <laughs> the Chabatsker, he says, what are you talking about? There's Elokut everywhere. There's Elokut in the picture. There's Elokut in the smartphone. There's Elokut in the, in the Lachayim. There's Elokut everywhere. That's Chabad, right? And the breast of what does he say? What are you talking about? I just spoke to him right now. Where's the point, though? The Litvak, he says, it's the one place that the Rambam says something and the Rambam is not choyling. In other words, He's saying here, your, your, your emuna has to be emuna. period. Not intellectual. If you try to try to understand anything, the, who writes this down? Sefer Abrit. Sefer Abrit is a very scary book. I think it was written by the, someone in the time of the Vilna Gon. He was a Litvish Arab. He writes clearly that the, the attitude of I won't begin to do something until I understand it, that's the attitude of the Karaim. The Karaim, the Pasuk, which says, Da et Hashem, exactly the Hashem, Da et Hashem Elokecha. And the Karaim, where people are after the Torah Shabbat, they interpret you don't do any Abodah until you fully understand it. And until then, you don't do it. Crazy, okay? As a yid, how do we start off a, a child in cheder? No questions. There's Shabbos. We throw the child into Shabbos, into brachas. The mommy puts the, the child next to the mezuzah. Everything's emuna. Everything's emuna. Rabbi Nachman says, how great is, is the Torah, as Moshe Rabbeinu, that no questions asked. How does the Chumash start? Bereshit. There was a crater. There was an Ebishter. There was an Oishpetun, right? The Oishpetun, the Garkia. Does he say in Yiddish? Oishpetun? And you know, the, the, how do you say the Rakia in Yiddish? Firmament. Mm-hmm. You don't say Oishpretum? Ah, that's your song in Yiddish. Yeah, Oishpretum. Okay. Oishpretum. Oishpretum. Sorry, excuse me. I know your song in Yiddish. Okay, in any event, the door starts off with just accepting. There's a Nebishter, there was a creation, seven days, no questions, no and this and that, you have to understand. No one you have to understand. Straight into Emunah, straight, no questions. That's how you start a chinuch of a child. That's how it is for us also. When you do mitzvot, why are you doing a mitzvot? Or because I learned about it in the Mishnah Boros, or you're doing it because how you grew up. Because at home we did that, and my tati did this, my zaydi did that. That's why I'm doing that. It's Emunah. 
Why do you continue doing things? Why do you say Tehillim? Because I know that you have to, I, I saw Tzadikim doing it. I know we have to do, I, I was taught, I was taught to do it, so I'm doing it. No questions asked. Emuna. I'm running on Emuna. And not, why well, have to try to understand it? Yet people are like that. People are about Shivas, unfortunately. They want to understand the whole Torah intellectually. Until I finish the whole article of series on this, I'm not going to start doing it until I read it and I understand it and I go into all the detail. Come on. You do what your Rav tells you to do. And then you ask, I, 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 there's a guy I, uh, I met recently. He doesn't put on tzitzit. I said, why? He said, what's well, all obligation? Obligation. You, you saw your parents doing it, your grandfather doing it. You don't put on tzitzit. Are you normal? No, it's all obligation. Oh, that's when a person puts his chokhmah. You know, then they just you do with emuna. My doing is based on emuna. Okay. And in that cup of emuna, I put Mishnah Bura, Shukhan Aruch, Shaz, Poskin, Midrash, Zohar, Kabbalah, everything. And Tupulim, I put Rosh, Rif, Rashba, Ritva, no problem, but in emuna. And if I lose that, I've lost it. That's, 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 off, that's off target. That, I missed the point. Okay. So that's what he said. When Hashem opens the door, the goal for sure is Sechel. The goal is to know Hashem. Hashem created the world. Like the, the Zohar says, Hashem created the world so you should know Him. Okay, but even in the knowing of Hashem, it has to be Emunah. Why? Because you will never, never fully understand Hashem. Hashem is Ensof. Hashem is unlimited. No, I want to try to understand Hashem. <laughs> You, Hashem wants you to pursue Him. Yes, but you, with the, the, the chilek, the part of pursuing Hashem, is the, is the belief that you will never understand Him fully, and I have to put my sechel in Emuna. Rabbi Nossam says something powerful on this, this piece in his Likutei Tfilot. He says, I should be zochen, to have sechel, and, and with the sechel, what? To believe in Hashem, I should have sechel, for what? For Emuna. To believe in Hashem, to believe in the mitzvot, to believe in the tzaddikim. Why am I working to get sechel? Why am I breaking my head over adaf, gemara, blood, gemara, and everything? In order to enhance my emunah, that I should have stronger emunah. You hear that? Crazy. And that's, that's, that, that's, that's what he's saying here. That you're working to build the sechel for emunah. The goal is emunah. Because you will never, if you live a million years, you'll never fully understand. It'll never happen. The Torah is ain't sof. Hashem, kutsha b'chu is ain't sof. All right, uh, it's part of Hashem, he's ain't self. That's the case. As much as you understand is the part you understand. So why am I learning? You're learning to enhance your emunah. You hear that? Unless it says phenomenal. Why are you learning Torah? Why? Just stay stupid. Stay, stay. Why? Yeah, many people are stupid. They go work, they work from nine to five. They have it, they go to shul. After shul, they go to work. And they learn a little pishifkas on the parsha of the week and maybe a little sif and kitsu And that's it. Why do I have to kill myself to learn Torah? Why? Let me just stay like that. No. There's levels of emunah. Hashem is Ainsof, and emunah also has Ainsof levels. There's unlimited levels of emunah. Okay? You have the emunah of the big tzaddikim, and the mamash. They already see Hashem. They're already beyond that. They see Hashem right in front of them. That's not a question. They see Hashem everywhere they look. They're at higher levels now of emunah. Okay? Ask little guys, we have to work to see Hashem and and everything. Da, na, na. Fine. That's, lower, that's a lower level of emunah. So what do I need to enhance? The Torah study, the Sechel, the Yediya, the Kinyan of Torah is for Emunah. It's to build my Emunah in Hashem, build my Emunah in the mitzvot. When I put on Tefillin, it's not the same Tefillin anymore. I have so much Emunah. Wow, I learned so much in the Gemara and Menachot about the Indian of the Tefillin and everything. 
So now the next day I come to put on tefillin, I feel now not intellectually enhanced, I feel emuna enhanced because of what I learned. That's the Chiddush. Unbelievable. So he's saying that. Tzarich l'amshich emuna letoch b'kat ha-sechel k'en l'smoch al ha-sechel b'atzmo k'yadua. There's something known. It's a known idea. People who say the Iker is the Sechel, they lost the point. They lost the point. And those people fall off more than first. The, the Chida writes, and Gerush Svarad, the Spanish Inquisition, the majority of the Yidin who stayed behind and became what's called Maranos, they became Anusim, they became the Jews who were keeping the Torah in secret, they were Tamidei Chachamim. And the majority of the Yidin who took off and left all their money behind in Spain and left with nothing, they were the simple Yidin, the Pashat Yidin. Why? He explains that the biggest Makkah of Chachmei Sfarad, Sfarad, the time, the golden age of Spain, was even greater than Poland and the Ukraine. The, the, the Hasagas of Torah that they reached in the 1400s was crazy, but they went so far, they started going into philosophy, they guarded the Sechel, they went after too much the Sechel, and that's where the Makkah was. Explain, the Sfarad, the Sfarad explained that one of the reasons why Geru Sfarad happened because the Yidin got too carried away in Sechel and lost the balance of Emuna. And the Spanish Inquisition, the, the, the Gerush Farad set it into place. The Makkah was so severe that everybody woke up. When it happened, when Gerush Farad happened, people went back to Emuna, Emuna, and, and Musar, and, and Limude Torah to enhance the Emuna, and they dropped philosophy. Many dropped philosophy. The problem with Spain is that they were getting so much into philosophy. All the books of, Sfar of philosophy were from Spain. The main books, right? Chovot Adavavot, Rambam. <laughs> Rambam. All these books was like for the 300, 400 period right before the Giru We're getting so carried away in, in sikhli, in intellectual understanding and, and philosophy. That was the danger. Rilachman, you should know, was very against even learning philosophy books written by Gdola Israel. He was very against, I'll say it openly because he says it openly, very against learning more in in fact, in Brussels, they don't say the name. They say Mem Nun. We don't say the book more. They say Mem Nun, Man. Prashat Man, Man, okay? Today, Prashat Man. No more Nubuchim, also Sefer Ikarim, also certain chapters in Chobot HaNavobot, certain chapters in, in Mishnah in the Yad HaChazaka, in Yisod Torah, where he goes into explaining the Ma'amad Harsina on a rational level. Shechas Shalom. So he's the philosophy is dangerous. Even by Gdola Israel. And he said it's very dangerous. Why? Because it makes a dent in your emuna. Makes a dent. Why? Because the questions asked in the books of philosophy are deep. And these are questions you never thought about. So now the question begins to bother you. And then the answer they give is weak. In other words, the question is like deep, a deep question. So you would think to match a deep question, you got a deep answer. The answer they give is here, shallow. So you're left with the rest of your life with this question bothering you because you learned it. If you would have never read the book, you possibly would never got to these questions on your own. Because these are like deep questions by deep philosophers, deep thinkers and everything. Because you read the book, you were exposed to the question and now, now it haunts you for the rest of your life because the answer given wasn't such a strong answer. You can knock down the answer if you wanted to, he said. Right? So because of that, it's very dangerous to learn philosophy. And, and that's an example of someone who goes after the sechel, goes after the intellect. Again, the point he's saying here is you're learning Torah to enhance emunah. 
What happens, we said this last week, Rav says, when your emunah becomes enhanced, so the ideas in life, which were once beyond you, become internalized. In the Kabbalah, it's called, what was what? Amaif becomes pinini. What was once beyond, like for example, a child, at age Kita Aleph, he starts learning a basic cheshbon, right? I guess, Kita Aleph, Kita Bet, he's learning one plus one is two. You don't teach a child in, in Kita Aleph, grade one, grade two, algebra, and calculus, and division, and multiplication. You start with one apple plus one apple, right, you know, very simple. You take one, have two apple, you take one apple, ain't apple, okay, it's very simple. One plus multiple uh, addition, subtraction. You don't give a child at age five, six, seven, start doing calculus and algebra and geometry and everything, no. But eventually he gets to that level, fine, through intellect. But here, what's beyond you in the Sechem will come to you through Muna. That's, that's the secret of the Torah. Torah is not like, it's like university. Oh, I invested 10 years in learning to become a doctor. So the, the, you invested 10 years, that's what you get. Torah is not like that. If you invested 10 years in learning Torah, and it's full of Muna, it could be like 100 years. All of a sudden, you gained so much more. And that guy was learning with Sechel. The guy was learning with just Sechel. You were learning from Muna. You guys learned the exact same time period and everything. But the gain that you gained was like 100 years. He gained maybe three years. He invested 10 years and he gained only like three years because he was going after intellectual time to read every single uh, Duke and Rashi, every letter and try to figure it out. And I'm telling you, you know, you have to cover ground. And learning Torah also not to be so over. You have to just learn. You need simplicity in learning Torah also, by the way. I have a lot of questions I see. They're building up. Who's the one? The Rambam, Rav Nussin says, he said, I wrote it for that one of a thousand Jew who got trapped in the philosophy of Aristotle. Because Rambam wrote, used Aristotle philosophy to explain the Torah. You that? He used the questions of Aristotle, Aristo, to explain. And the Rambam says, if one of a thousand Jews benefits from my book, I'll be happy. Rav Nussin said, 600, 700 years after the Rambam, I'm still waiting to see that 1,000. Hear that? It's 700 years later, I'm still waiting to see that 1,000 that gained from the book, the guide to the perplexed. But you'll find the first quote in Shulchan Aruch from the Rama is from which book? Moranubuchim. But you find certain tzaddikim who quote from Moranubuchim. So this Rabbi Nachman explains in Lesson 64 of the Kutimuran. And big tzaddikim, they bedafka have to go into kfira and philosophy, but for a different avoda. Their avoda is to elevate nitzotso that are trapped in these farm by learning them, sifting out a hidden idea that's trapped there, bringing it out. For example, the Ramon, the very first seif of Shulchan Aruch, Shiviti Hashem, Tamid, right? The famous quote from the Ramon, the very first seif Shulchan Aruch. So much book at the end of the if you look and say in the Sif Aleph of Shukhan Aruch, the end of the Ramah is from Mor Nebuchim. <laughs> he can do it. The Ramah, Ramosh you're, you're not, you're not, you're not Ramosh Yisrael. We're not, we agree, we're not Ramosh Yisrael. We're not at the Ramah's level. The Ramah was the Ramah, okay? It wasn't a joke. He was able, like other tzaddikim, to go into these books for another reason. They're not going to get trapped. They're there to extract. It's called extraction. They're coming to get in. Take in holy ideas that are trapped there, bring them out, and that's it. You have no need to look, go in the book. If there's anything good, it was taken out already by the tzaddikim. Look what the tzaddikim wrote. Look at the shachan etc. 
But to go directly to these books, danger zone. Danger zone. Okay? I know we're going off a little on the philosophy, but this idea, emuna, emuna, the goal, like I was saying, Ramelson says, you learn Torah, okay? And then you have emuna. You have questions that you can't understand. And you're, you're functioning, you're doing of, the, of what you're learning is in emuna. You built it up to a point where now it becomes internal. You understand better. You're understanding enhanced. You know, something else becomes emuna, a higher level. And now you dive in in a higher level emuna, and you learn Torah until what's higher emuna becomes internalized. And it works like that. It's endless levels. Torah, emuna. Torah, emuna. Torah. Okay. We spoke about this a lot last week. Now this week, this pasuk. Rabbi Nachman is going to bring first three psukim to prove this idea of emuna of sechel. And then after bringing those three, he'll bring another two. So it's five in total, but in two groups, two sections, three and two. Okay? Watch the Pesukim. First Pasuk from Ishle. Let's see how he reads the Pshat of the Pasuk. This is the Pasuk in Ishle, chapter 28. The verse, the full verse reads like this. Ish emunot rav brachot, comma, a man of faith has a lot of blessings. The Mitsuda David explains nicely. Mitsuda David explains on this pasuk that a man who does his masa umatan of emuna, and not, no, no, I have to do, I have to do, because I, I can lose my customers, my clients. He does things as, according to his capability, the guy has a field. If I don't harvest in time, I'm not going to be able to sell it, and I'm going to lose out, and this and that. He does what he can. He does what he can. Okay, so he's ish emunot. Such a person has rav brachot. The atz the person who's running, atz, means he's very fast to try to make money. Lo yenuke, he's going to make, he's going to stumble. And he won't be clean. What does that mean? He's going to cheat to make more money. The <laughs> the person who's running to make money, he's not going to be clean. He's going to, he's going to, without the person, the customer, the customer seeing, he's going to client saying, he's going to steal here, steal there, he's going to do things. And he's going to, he has to give a din afterwards. Okay? So, what is Rabbi Nachman looking at? So he said like this, we said earlier, the Sechel is called Birkat Sechel. It's a bracha. We said uh, from the Tikkun Ezor, Baruch. What is Baruch? Birkot. The Tikkun Ezor says like this. Rashi Tevot. Birkot Rosh, Umekor Kol. Baruch. Birkot Rosh, the blessing of the mind, the brain. Umekor Kol, and that is the root of everything else. Like Birkavot, Dat Kanita, Machasarta. Dat Kasarta, Makanita. If you have Dat, you have everything. That's what the, the Tikkun Ezra says. Bracha, the main association of bracha is, not, is what? It's not Bane Chayim Zoni. That's a result. What's the main source of bracha? We say the Shabbos, Kihi Mekor Bracha. Shabbos is, is, is connected with this, this dad, this Sechel, by the way. Shabbat is Shin Bat. Shin is the, the Zohar says, the Tlat Gvanin. Shin is like, the letter Shin has three legs. 
So it's the three colors of the pupil, the eye, sorry, the eye. You have the, the, the bat eye is the black dot in the middle. Around each person has different colors, right? You have the edge of the colored area close to the white of the eyeball, then the filling, and then as it gets close, closer to the, the bat eye, it gets darker and darker and darker and darker, right? People have like very bluish eyes. Someone has nice blue eyes here? You do, I think. All right, fine, fine, fine. Okay, so you see, it's, it's easier to see that the outside is one color, the filling is another color, and as you get towards the, the bat eye, the pupil, it's a third color, right? Here's, here's the optometrist, he's checking me out. <laughs> okay, so you have the three colors, and, and what does it do? When when light when when the light comes to you, if it wasn't the around the people that coloring that you have, you wouldn't be able to see. Clearly, we so overwhelming the image. So what it does amazingly is that when light comes to hit the the batine, the coloring amount it like, hits it, and not that it's not so strong, and it can be absorbed properly into the pupil. That's why you have the coloring around the the, the pupil. It serves as a tzimtzum. Okay. So Shabbat is there's a mikor bracha because Shabbat the eyes Shabbat is shin, but on Shabbat Rabbi Nachman teaches your eyes are opened, your eyes are opened of awareness yidia awareness of Hashem is opened on Shabbos. That's why we have a big hitorot on Shabbos. What is it doing to you? You have a high right in the Friday night davening. If you're a zocha, you have, I'm flying, man, I'm flying. I have a nice fly, a big davening hitorot, whatever. Okay, that that happens because Shabbos opens your eyes. That's Shabbos. So also the dat is the mikor of the bracha, okay? So now, ishemunot rav brachot. He says, Rabbi Nachman is interpreting like this. That if you want rav brachot, bracha is only sechem. You want a lot of brachot, you have to be ishemunah. Okay? What does it mean? When you say someone is ish, like ish naomi, right? When it says in the Torah, ish, ha'ish moshe. When you say, when you call someone ish, it's like strong. I'm a man, I'm a man of, I'm a man of truth. I'm a man of emuna. I'm a man of tzaka. Is it ish chesed? Is it ish? When you call someone ish, it means that this is the person's essence. He works more than anything else to be this. It's called ish. So the pasuk is saying, ish emunot, if you strive to be a man of faith, and we're going to why it says in plural, why it's emunot, why it's ish emuna. Say in the singular, what's ish emunot? Ish emunah. Ish emunot, okay? Still, the, the point we're saying, let's get to the point. You're a man of faith, you have a lot of bracha. What is rav brachot? You have a lot of abundance of chokhmah. That's what he said earlier, that you have to ramshich emunah letoch bukata sechel, because that will ensure that the sechel you get is untainted, is pure, and it's a lot. So ish emunot, rav brachot. Let's look in the Midrash quickly. The Midrash opens up this pasuk in several ways. Once regarding Yaakov, once regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, and the Zor brings it about Rav Amnun Asaba. Okay? First of all, Yaakov Avinu, the, the, the Midrash says, Ish emunot Rav Brachot, this is Yaakov Avinu. That's Nashir lo that's Esav. The Midrash says, Ish emunot Rav Brachot, this is Moshe Rabbeinu. That's Nashir lo this is Korach. And then Ish, the Zohar says, Ish this was Rav Amnun Let's do the Zohar first. Rav Amnun was amazing. The Zohar says, I think it's Rav Amnun Asava. Rav Amnun there's two of them. 
there's one who's buried right outside of Meron. If you've been to Meron, um, if you're coming from the, the normal road, not from Tzfat, from the other side, coming to Meron, before you hit the last curve, before entering Meron, there's like a park, there's like a, 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 a place to park cars, and you can go for hiking and walks and everything below Rabbi Shimon's kever. And right next to it, there's on the wall, there's a kever people don't even know about. It's mamash. Along the road that we're turning, there's like signs pointing an arrow of steps, Rabbi Amun Asaba. So they say, some say this is him. But the Zohar says about him on this pasuk, why? That even though he had money and he bought food, he had money to prepare a meal and his wife prepared the food, ready to eat lunch, whatever, he wouldn't sit down to eat even though he had all the food. He bought already. He would, before eating, he would like turn to Hashem, Hashem, I have nothing. Please send me food, send me bracha and everything. He would start talking to Hashem as if he had nothing. He would act like he had nothing. And then he would sit down to eat. Why did he do that? Because he wanted the food to come about through his davening that he did before. Because he may not, he didn't daven that necessarily for that money to come. He may have davened at a different time. But he wanted to, 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 that the food that he eats now come through tefillah, which is a muna. So he would I say, Hashem, Hashem, send me to eat and everything. And then he would sit down to eat. So the, the Zohar says, Alav neemah ish emunot, a man of faith. Emuna is prayer. Like we say in the next pasuk, Vayadav Emunah, Vayadav Emunah. It's so fitting. Amalek now. Right, this week's parasha. Vayadav Emunah, this week's parasha. The next pasuk is this week's parasha. We'll talk about it next week. Manasseh. So Vayadav Emunah, Targum translates, when, when Yeshua was fighting Amalek, Aaron was holding Moshe Rabbeinu's right hand, Chor was holding Moshe Rabbeinu's left hand, and uh, the question, there's a good question asked. You know, um, Moshe Rabbeinu was like 10 Amot high. So Aaron and Hur reached his hands. So they say that he sat down. That's why he sat down on the, on the chair, on the heaven. He sat on the heaven. So he can be lower so that Aaron can reach his hand and Hur can reach his hand, okay? So it says, So his hands were faith. So Uncolos translates, His hands were spread out in davening. So Emuna is davening. You, you only daven because you have Emuna. If you don't have Emuna, you don't daven, right? The Kofi, they don't daven, because they don't believe in Hashem. If you believe in Hashem, you daven. It's very simple, right? So, Rav Hamnun Asava, he would daven, Ishimunot. And as a result, Rav Brachot, he would be able to eat a lot, okay? Next one. Let's go, let's go with Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is Ishimunot, Rav Brachot, because, you know, he came with nothing. He left Lavan with nothing. He right? He listened to me, he had Emunah and what Hashem told him. And as a result, Rav Brachot, tons of Brachot in the house of Lavan, and he came back super wealthy. The Asla Ashir, the one who's quick to be wealthy, was Esav, because Esav did, he wanted the Bechorah, he wanted the Bracha, but he didn't get it. But he was, he was, he wanted to kill Yaakov and everything. He was running after it. Esav is not, until today, he's not Naki. Moshe Rabbeinu, Ishemunot, Moshe Rabbeinu is considered Ishemunot, right? Rav Brachot, and then he shares Korach. Korach wanted the kavod. He was he ran to be wealthy. All the maftechot of the camels, of the donkeys, right? He tried for all the wealth that he found in Egypt, right? He was super wealthy and he was quick to that. Loinuke, he wasn't that key, because it was after the Gashmat. Okay. In our context, okay, Ish Emunot is a tzaddik. Okay, the tzaddik is called Ish Emunot. 
Why does it say plural emunot? Because this is a directive to you, Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael, there's many hidden. Together, it's emunot, plural. His emuna, his emuna, Reuven, Shmelki, Leibun, Machluf, Mas'ud, everyone, all their emuna is plural, emunot. Ish emunot, they put their faith in Ish. Ish is who? Ra'ish Moshe, Anav Me'od. Ish is referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. So Ish emunot, this pasuk is hinting to you, what does it mean emuna? When I say now that I need emuna with my dad, where does that come about? So Rabbi Nachman has a small lesson, we could my lesson, Kuf Kaf Gimbal, when went to he says, the main thing is a person has to have emunah tzadikim. What does that mean emunah tzadikim? Then he just believes whatever they say without understanding it. Like Rashi says, Afilu shomer lecha yamin smol, v'asmol yamin, he tells you that right is left, left is right. No questions that. Ah, but it doesn't make sense. No, no, no questions, no questions. But it doesn't make sense. Rashi says, he tells you that your right is left and your left is right. You don't listen, you don't budge from what he says. What's that? It's not emuna. Of course, that's emuna. That's emuna. No, but you have to understand. You have to, no. Emuna. Ish emunot, the, the tzaddik ish that I put my emuna in, rav brachot. Bracha, we said, is sechel. What is rav bracha? We said something amazing last week. That if now, when you're learning Torah and you make your, what's it called, uh, your stopper the wall of your capacity of, of the Torah study is how much you can understand is the maximum. In other words, when you're learning a Gemara, you're learning a Halacha, you're learning a Chumash, you are, you've made a goal subconsciously when you're learning that you, the, the maximum wall for this Pasuk, me learning this item, this Gemara, this Rashi, this Mishnah, and everything, the maximum wall I've used is how much my brain can understand, and that's it. You're not saying it, but it's a subconscious attitude you have when learning Torah. So what happens is, you only can reach maximum up to that wall. But if when you're learning Torah, your maximum wall is a muna, meaning when you're learning, you feel like you're just connecting to Ein Sof. I'm learning now a Gemara. I don't know anything. I'm learning. I'm absorbing what they're saying, absorbing the pieces. And I'm learning with emuna, meaning I didn't put a stopper on the maximum of my brain. I put it past that. I put it in Ein Sof. I went above that. Not now with the maximum of my brain. I went beyond that. I'm now learning with emuna. I'm learning that this is now, I'm learning something which is connected to Ein Sof. There's no end to what I'm learning. There's Ruach HaKodesh in this. And every, there's endless levels on this page of Gemara, on this Mishnah, on this Chumash and Rashi. I'm learning with emuna. So now your capacity to understand is much, much greater than the guy who put as a stop for his brain. The guy is like a university student brain. I'm going to learn with my intellect. Don't learn with your intellect. Learn with your emuna. Because it includes intellect plus more, much more. And then you can gain perceptions way above the, the, other, guy, the, the, the other guy who's just using his brain to understand what he's learning. I'm using my emuna to learn. Okay. I'll just finish with this. In Marrakesh, about 100 years ago, there were three yeshivot. Marrakesh was a big city in Morocco of Torah. Big, okay? And three big yeshivot, and each one in a different shita. There were two yeshivot. One was a pilpul. One was very in-depth. The other one was, was Tahalach HaLama'aseh. And there was a third yeshiva, which is very interesting. The third yeshiva, 
There was a student, he came one day to that yeshiva to, to see if he wanted to start learning that yeshiva. And he was there for one month and he couldn't understand anything that the yeshiva was saying. So he told his friend who was learning in the yeshiva, I don't know what to do. I can't understand when the Magid Shia, the yeshiva gives the shiva, I can't understand anything. So the student, the chaver says, the only way you can understand in the yeshiva is you have to work on your midot. If now you come and you work on your midot, and your goal is to work on your midot, all of a sudden you can understand everything he's saying. <laughs> he's talking, you can't understand the word he's saying. He's like mumbled words and this and that. He says, but if you work on your midot, then you can understand what he's saying. That's the idea. And, and, and he, he tried that and said it worked. And the capacity to understand was way above that the two yeshivot where it was people and where, where it was just the pshat of the psak with halacha, luvdo lemaise. This yeshiva, where the, the Rosh Hashim couldn't understand what he was saying, only if you were attuned to him by working on your midot, by working on your amuna, then you can understand what he was saying. It was something crazy. It's crazy. It's like, it's not, it's not like okay, so it's like a, a learning uh, institution. No. It's an amuna-based uh, system. And once you enter this world of amuna, then you can understand what he's saying. So also, the, the, the idea here is also, if you're ish amuna, which means solid in emuna, also ish emunot, that you put your emuna on the tzaddikim, the result is rav brachot. Rav a lot. You have a lot of bracha in it. Is it the shit? Stop here. Okay. Was it the Kaim Zayn? And it should be good. Is it 40?